This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at home? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. The could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Taibi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh. Only no. Hello and welcome to 2021 and welcome to a correspondent special. It's quickly Kevin. Will he score? I'm Chris Skull and joining me, as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And the man who maintains to this day that Yordi is the best Cruyff. It's Michael Mark. <laughs> Hello. Oh, uh, we've got an email about Johan Cruyff somewhere. Yordi's dad, if you're not aware of him, uh, somewhere. Um, but I should say um, that this is a correspondence special. We wanted to do one to t- kind of uh, catch up on correspondence. So I should let you in on the thing, which is when I, I read all the correspondence and I forward on to a different email address... That are just a, d- a different Gmail address I've set up. That if you could guess, you'd go straight into the inbox of the confirmed correspondence. And I have 86 emails that I deem ready to read out if needed in that inbox. So the quality is going to be high, but don't worry, I won't read out all of them. I um I should also add, um, we're recording this uh, 24 hours after the death of democracy in America. Did you think it, it's, it's a long way from the Rumbleos Cup draw, isn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 his star has really fallen since he pretended to get a joke that Jimmy Greaves made yeah. about Doug Ellis's boardroom. Uh, actually, um, didn't Jimmy Greaves risk to get an MBE in the New Year's honours list? I don't know. Did I'm he? pretty sure he did. And I mean, what different paths? Jimmy Greaves exactly. now celebrated as a man of the empire, Donald Trump persona non grata. Persona non grata, indeed. Um, I, don't, I don't know what his view would be on people breaking into Doug Ellis's boardroom. Um, you know, they often trace back Trump's thing to that when Obama kind of humiliated him with those jokes. 
It might be that the Jimmy Greaves joke was actually the first thing that got to him. <laughs> anyway, we've got loads of correspondence to get through. This is an extra episode. Um, we are back with our new series in March, uh, but we thought we'd um, put this out partly because we've got a lot of correspondence that we never get to do enough of, partly because everyone's locked in their houses, so you've got to have something to look forward to for 45 minutes. What better than an email about Peter Schmeichel being lobbed? Oh, God. <laughs> Well, it has to be a pretty high standard, forgive the pun, of Peter Schmeichel getting lobbed email these days. It has to find a new angle. Gents, well, the angle's 30 yards from... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> straight down the middle. Straight down the middle. I believe I've found indisputable evidence which proves that Peter Schmeichel was hugely overrated and his inability to deal with lobs uh, was a known flaw, not only in the United dressing room, but across the Premier League. Over the Christmas period, I spent a fantastic day catching up on Quickly Kevin and watching Matt Letizia's Soccer Box. Um, that's Gary Neville's Soccer Box, but with Matt Letizia. Around 20 minutes into Soccer Box, Gary Neville and MLT exchanged a conversation which will surely put this to bed. This word for word is what was said. So the clip was of Matt Letizia chipping Peter Schmeichel at the Dell. Do you remember that one, Michael? Yeah, of course. Gary Neville. Oh dear. Pause. Gary Neville again. We actually... Peter got chipped by Philip Albert. Matt cuts in. And that was exactly what was going through my mind. Because I watched it as it was the week before that game. Because if you look, I don't even need to look up. I just <laughs> guess that he must be off his line. I mean, wow. I think there's some revisionism going on there, Matt. He's building up his own legend. Come on. Didn't even need to look, Michael. God, imagine if you could get a DeLorean, go back in time, and just tell any team planning his main night. Just chip him. He'll be off his line. Just trust. You don't He'll even be off his need line. to look. Don't look. Well, all right. So you're not taking it from Matt Letizia, okay? How about you take it from this witness provided for us by Raphael Tuffin. Great name. Hello, lads. Yet more proof below of Big Pete's frailties. So, this was the Sunday Times, the week Diego Maradona passed away. And it is an article written by Mr. Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> uh, and he talks about when he played with uh, Maradona. And the circled section goes, We weren't allowed to tackle him. He did all sorts of skills. And he lobbed me to score. Michael, I can't tell you how many people have sent me in this clip of the Sunday Times. Peter Schmeichel drawing attention in his ode to Maradona that the thing Maradona did that, that he remembers most is that Maradona lobbed him. Okay, in a vain attempt to try and put an end to this absolute nonsense, okay, I'm not disputing that Peter Schmeichel can't be lobbed. Every goalkeeper can, even world-class goalkeepers, okay? And obviously arguably the greatest player that's ever played the game, certainly the most skillful, could also lob Peter Schmeichel. Not Letizia. What I'm saying is... <laughs> what I'm saying is that there is an absolute character assassination happening here across the UK footballing community. 
And I think the Quickly Kevin fans and listeners are a large part to blame for this, right? Peter Schmeichel <laughs> has Peter Schmeichel has obviously been lobbed, as I imagine most goalkeepers have. And perhaps, yes, is it a small weakness in what is a considerable arsenal <laughs> as a goalkeeper? However, if you look at his record, right, the number of times that he has been lobbed versus the number of appearances he's made at the top of the game internationally and domestically for over 15 years it's a minute number it's a tiny tiny number and i would argue that manchester united at that time were on tv more than any other football team in the world so obviously there's more video evidence it's like that ronnie rosenthal open goal that is not the worst miss in the history of football there are far worse misses but people remember it because it was one of the few that was recorded and seen by a lot of people i i think the evidence is flimsy at best but for the most part inadmissible (laughs) michael have you ever heard of the streisand effect so in the 90s, photos emerged of Barbara Did she Streisand. she him as well? <laughs> <laughs> Qualifying for USA 94. <laughs> uh, no, the Streisand effect is, so Barbara, photos emerged of Barbara Streisand's garden and she didn't want these pictures of her garden out in the public domain. So Barbara Streisand launched a campaign to get rid of the pictures. But what, she, what actually happened is, the, her campaign to get removed oh, yeah. the pictures actually publicised the pictures of her garden far more. And I feel like this is what's happening with you and Schmeichel. It's the Schmeichel effect or the Marden yeah. effect. Schmeichel your, Marden. <laughs> your attempts to cover up this obvious truth whoa, 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 is whoa, only going to amplify. <laughs> so, so your advice to me is to just keep silent now, plead the fifth, <laughs> I think, and, and it will go away. I think that's the only. That's the only way. Well, or, how about, or, you, or you get a mob together and storm Old Trafford. How, how about we move on? Uh, well, how about we go to another old favourite? It's Richard Keyes. It, 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 it was just banter. It, 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 it was just banter. 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 It was just banter. 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 It's just a little bit of fun. I didn't know that. This is from Jake. Hi, guys. Love the show, but disappointed the lack of Richard Key's stories recently, as they always make me laugh. However, I'd like these stories to be resurrected, and I believe one incident from a few years ago, which springs to mind, will be perfect for your show. It involves Mr. Keys going to Marks and Spencer's for a little bit of shopping, the end result being Keys flouncing out of the shop after a heated exchange with the checkout, and then blogging about it. Okay, so we've got Richard Key's tweet here, which was, would love to know what M&S do with the five Ps they charge for plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> Just left with £50 worth of food at checkout and went to the co-op. Now, we can't find the um, the blog, but uh, the website Who Ate All The Pies have, have got a section of the blog on there. Uh, so... Um, he, after tweeting from Doha that he'd left the food, this is what he wrote in his blog. And on another point, got some stick this morning for walking away from M&S. Let me explain. Do you want a bag with that, was the question, from the po-faced cashier. Well, unless you have any other ideas, that's not a bad one. Five pence, came the reply. Don't worry, I said. Leave them in the basket. I'll carry them to my car. Can't do that. Baskets aren't allowed out the shop. You'll have to buy a bag. What are they trying to achieve in there? (laughs) 
selling bags to make money or cutting down because they're supposed to be an environmental problem. It's for charity, I hear you cry. Really? Well, I choose where and when I work for and give to charity. Unless something's changed since I've been away, charity donations are by choice, not compulsory. It's a rip-off. That's what it is. No problems at the co-op. Such an odd man. He's such a baddie. He's such a baddie. Do you think he's he unaware is. of the sort of his self PR by doing something like that? Do you think he sees himself as some kind of like Larry David esque moral crusader? <laughs> yeah, I don't know because it's so partridge, isn't it? You can't help but like feel like when you're reading it that it's partridge, and you can't. Does he think he's doing a bit? Does he I, think? I kind of think he's got nothing left to lose, isn't he? Like he's. He's kind of in Qatar, he's safe, he's got a cushy job that he's pretty much protected from now, given the scandals he's faced in the UK. I think he feels like he's untouchable. People say Richard Keyes was a monster before he left Sky, but now he's out of control, he's Godzilla. <laughs> Keyzilla. Keyzilla. Um, <laughs> of course, Keyes is only half of the duo. You can't have Keyes without uh, Mr Andy Gray, can you, Michael? No, uh, he certainly can't. It's sort of Robin to his Batman, or Batman to his Robin. I don't know which way around you'd have them, who would be Batman and who would be Robin. Well, I, th- I think, I suppose Batman was both the brains and the leader, whereas you get the feeling that Keys is the leader and Grey is the brains. Do you know what I mean? Yes. If anyone would like to come up with a better analogy, we've got too many emails, so don't bother. I think, actually, I think it would be um, the first Batman film with Michael Keaton, where actually Andy Gray would be Batman and Richard Keyes would be the butler. Alfred? Yeah, Alfred. <laughs> so Richard Keyes would be the butler and Andy Gray could be Batman. That dynamic seems to work for me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, speaking of Andy Gray and Richard Keyes... And Dave Jones uh, would be the Riddler. <laughs> 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 so speaking of Andy Gray and Richard Keys, uh, I'm sure lots of you are aware there is a, a service called Cameo where you can get uh, celebrities to record a personalised message for you. So we thought it would be quite fun to get uh, a number of uh, ex-professionals in the footballing world to record a series of messages for us, well I say for us, for the uh, fictional football manager Steve Barnes. So uh, what you're about to hear is the one and only Andy Gray giving a pet talk to Steve Barnes about his upcoming match and warning him about the nefarious motives of his assistant manager, Eddie Carberry. Uh, Hi, Steve. Andy Gray here. Now, I've been asked by Eddie, yeah, your loyal, and I say loyal, assistant. Now, I don't think he's so loyal because he's after your job. He's just told me that even though you're the manager, he's a better coach than you. Don't get it. It's amazing, isn't it? Your boss, you back him, um, you trust him, and what's he doing? Stabbing you in the back when you're not looking. And do you know what else he's done? He's been to the owner. Sir Lawrence. He's been to the owner and told him that he's the best coach and that he needs to replace you with him. Well, let me tell you something, Steve. If I was you, do you know what I'd be doing tomorrow? I'd be replacing him by anybody. By anybody. Because you just can't trust him. You're the manager for one reason. You're better than Eddie. Now tell him that. Cheers, pal. There we go. That is Andy Gray's cameo message for Steve Barnes. And Michael, 
you've gone deep on cameo haven't you Yes, I have. We've got in the coming weeks, we have got a, a few more of those. And if you want to hear the gold mine, uh, you can head over to our Quickly Kevin fan club at www.patreon.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. And if that has wet your whistle for a bit more Steve Bruce slash Barnes striker action, good news, because over on our Patreon, we've just released chapter four. The first four chapters are there in full with Ivo Graham. And as a little taster, here's a snippet from the recent, most recent chapter we've done. Chapter four, here it is, Striker. True to his word, Harry Pickles did his very best to make me and the club appear in a good light. He stressed that while there were police inquiries going on, no accusations were being made. There were no arrests, nor even the suggestion of imminent arrests. You think that's obviously, he's, he's protecting Steve Barnes there as desired. But if you were just a fan of sort of law and order and justice being done, you'd be quite annoyed to, to read that there was such reluctance to make any progress at all with a criminal investigator. Yeah. If the newspaper yeah. said, body found, police doing nothing, no accusations made, no evidence. Yeah. Letters are playing on Friday. I wonder what Pickles went with. Was it just like... Duffy out injured with long-term death-related injury. (laughs) Biscuit shortage in manager's office. We'll be all over the television screens this evening, Sir Lawrence said, and in the national newspapers tomorrow. On the front pages too, the very worst kind of publicity we could possibly have had. I sighed. I shrugged my shoulders. Some things happen and we have no control over them. Whoever had wanted to harm Pat Duffy enough to kill him was also doing serious damage to the club. This kind of thing, Sir Lawrence continued, is going to take years to repair. We've nothing to feel guilty about, Why I said. Why are they playing the game on the Friday? It feels so bizarre. I mean, it just it just wouldn't happen. No. If Mason Greenwood was killed tomorrow... <laughs> they just get another frontrunner to replace him. <laughs> Would all of the matches in the Premier League be off, do you think? I think just the next United fixture. You think? Yeah. yeah. Plymouth played, I'm sure I've said this, but Plymouth played on the night of 9-11 mm. against Swansea, 1-3-1. And then the all the games were pulled the following Saturday. So they obviously hadn't quite figured out what to do. Figured out what to do. There's that footage of George Bush being interrupted in the school. Yeah. And, and they're saying... Plymouth versus Swansea is going ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It is it. No wonder he looks so confused. (laughs) He was just sat there thinking, surely they've got to call it off. Swansea have already travelled down. (laughs) This kind of thing, Sir Lawrence continued, is going to take years to repair. We've nothing to feel guilty about, I said. What happens if the murderer... I assume it was a murder. What happens if he is an employee of the club? It certainly looks that way, I told him. Our security is tight. <laughs> and so it should be, Sir Lawrence said. We pay enough for it. <laughs> <laughs> the lock. The famous lock. The direct dub it to Chubb every month. <laughs> Look, Steve Barnes seems to be suggesting that it's up for grabs whether it's a murder or not. Does it, he said it there, right? we're saying it might be a murder. There's a police officer who said, this looking like it might be a murder inquiry. The man had a knife in his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know he's got to move the book along, but I'm sure Sir Lawrence should be showing more concern for the dead boy. Yeah. Mm. But that's a running theme. Yeah. The complete lack of... It, it, it's, a, it's a club 
top to bottom a sociopath. <laughs> Total lack of empathy in every department, with the possible exception of Julie, who would fill everyone up with chamomile tea. Barnes doesn't care. Sir Lawrence doesn't care. Harry Pickles, positive spin. <laughs> You might argue that Pickles has too much empathy. He can't lie for the people who are still alive. I just, I glanced over at what I thought was the next page, but it was actually the final page and the jump in what was happening. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Lawrence had stormed in. (laughs) Ever mindful of money, my chairman, and so he should be too. Any business is about making profit. The business person who forgets that essential point is in commercial trouble. Profits don't come by chance. They accrue from careful planning. I was fully aware that my buying and transfer policies were a critical part of the business that was led us for town football club. Sir Lawrence went to his drinks cabinet. His drinks cabinet? Of course he's got a drinks cabinet. He has a very well-appointed office. Luxurious in the modern style, I would say. He poured himself a brandy and ginger ale. He knows my taste in drinks and poured a full glass of mineral water. <laughs> Ever the professional. Yeah. I take it you are still teetotal, Steve, he said, with amusement in his eyes. Even after the travails of the day. If this continues, I shall be drinking heavily and smoking 60 a day, I replied. Right, he said. As he sat down again with the brandy glass cradled in the palm of his right hand, there has to be a concerted effort at damage limitation. At that moment, the telephone on the mahogany table rang. (laughs) Sir Lawrence was slightly agitated. He had asked his secretary to withhold all except urgent calls. Yes, he barked. He's an urbane guy. Smooth. Polished. But he can show anger. (laughs) (laughs) Consistently. Every chapter so far. It would be so much better reading this now properly if Sir Lawrence had done it so far yeah. Sir Lawrence would be a much more satisfying yeah mm. and then he got away with it by bribing the police or something yeah. just thinking there's probably a lot of paps outside the ground right now if one got a telephoto lens out and snapped a picture of Sir Lawrence pouring himself a brandy <laughs> a mere hours after the star teenage striker had been murdered Swilling in the dressing right room with the manager clearly English. toasting that they pulled this off <laughs> I'm not sure they'd be able to get away with it. Even Harry Pickles wouldn't be able to chalk it up to just what an urbane chairman is. There we go. If you want to go and listen to that, plus all of the other episodes, uh, my mum is now a Patreon member, and she said it is excellent. She doesn't even have that much interest in football. She's big She's big on the forum, your mum, isn't she? She's huge on the forum. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash quickly, Kevin. There's all those episodes there. There's also there's the forum. There's extended episodes of all the ones you've heard. And most excitingly of all, uh, to fill the time before the next series starts in March, we're releasing a new episode of some sort every week on the Patreon all the way through to the start of next series in March. So every week... There's a new Patreon episode out this week, Steve Barnes. Next week, I think we are doing Film Club, but whisper it quietly because we haven't done it yet. Right. <laughs> Anyone want to discuss Dion Dublin's Christmas presents? Oh, uh, yes, please. Uh, right. I'm going to send you... Uh, hi, lads. Uh, this is John Hickman. I'm a Villa fan. I have a number of friends who support Cambridge United, Coventry, or enjoy Homes Under the Hammer. So it should come as no surprise... Across my various WhatsApp groups, Dion Dublin is never far from our minds. I was recently searching for a fantastic Dion Dublin image to make a point in one of these chats. 
The image I had in mind was from last Christmas. It features the world's greatest centre-forward, come percussionist, slumped on the sofa post-Christmas lunch. In this photo, the one-time Coventry record signing is showing off his Christmas gifts. I'm going to send you the uh, picture, and I'd like you to describe what Dion Dublin has got for Christmas. It is absolutely... I'm so excited about this. Well, do you two want to have a guess what you think uh, Dion Dublin's got for Christmas before I WhatsApp it through? Is it musical? No, it's... So he's... He's slumped on the sofa, surrounded by a selection of presents. And none of... Okay, because I would have guessed it'd be maracas and tambourines because he's such a big percussion fan. Right, so you're going to maracas and tambourines. Michael? Well, So what year was this from? Do we know? Oh, it's very recent, judging by the looks of it. Very recent. Okay. Oh, it is, because... I tell you why. Because I know that Dion Dublin's got a new baby and you can see the cot in the background, so it's last Christmas. Uh, I think he is surrounded by some kind of um, child's toy collectible, you know, like a sort of cabbage patch doll, but a more modern version of that, like Hatchimoles or whatever they're called. Okay, let's have a look. I'll send it through, and I want you to describe what Dion Dublin's got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could just take me through oh what my... Dion Dublin's... And it, do you think he's got a good haul? I mean, it's, it's an interesting uh, haul. So uh, if you take me through, uh, right to left, please, Scott. <laughs> So if you go right to left, because firstly, he looks great. He looks yeah, really he well. Yeah, um, yeah. So from right to left, slippers. Yeah. Uh, and then a, a Lynx shower gel. And I mean, <laughs> it's such a cliche, <laughs> but it looks Africa. Yeah. Uh, and then next to that, he's got uh, a box of classic ales. There's six bottles <laughs> in that. And just to the left of that, another box of classic ales. So that's, what's that? Yeah, t- 10 or 12. I can't make out for six yeah. or five in each box. Bottle of... Canti Prosecco? Yeah, bottle of Prosecco. Bottle of Prosecco. Um, he's actually begun to pour that, it looks like. And then to the right of him, he's got save water, drink beer, a little glass mug, several <laughs> packets of Haribo. Oh, another, there's another bottle of Lynx there. That looks like Java. Uh, a world's greatest dad card just out of shot and a luxury cracker selection and a, a pack of drumsticks. There we go. What a <laughs> what Christmas. A what a Christmas it is for Dion Dublin. <laughs> I, I mean... I. I would be annoyed. Would you? I mean, he's putting on a brave face there. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not better than, like, a special shot trip to the supermarket. Do you want to hear the best thing about this photo? Was that, that Dion Dublin uh, had released an album called Dion Dublin's Christmas Presents, which was um, songs by Dion Dublin and friends performing Fairy Tale in New York, Let It Snow, Saviour's Day. And this person, uh, our reader... John Hickman was searching for the cover of that, so he just put that into Google Image. Imagine how excited he was when the image came up of Dion Dublin surrounded by all of his Christmas presents. I'm just trying to analyse Dion Dublin's face. There is there pain behind those eyes? I think there is. He's got Terry Waite vibes. There, it's like <laughs> yeah. my captors are treating me very if well. If we ever book Dion Dublin, we have to remember to ask him about his Christmas presents. Cameron Pitt has written in uh, about Mr. Yuri Geller. They, uh, he said, um, love, uh, this is one for the 90s o'clock news, uh, but Chris, I think it won't be news by the time um, that it comes, so I'm going to say, yet another one of Yuri Geller's magic moments. They keep rolling in. So this is from the BBC News on the 31st of December 2020. Uh, TV magician and illusionist Yuri Geller has joined Israel's drive to vaccinate its elderly population by performing his trademark spoon-bending trick while he received his vaccination shot. (laughs) 
Uh, he never misses a trick. <laughs> he never misses a trick. I begrudgingly respect that. <laughs> Self-proclaimed psychic. That's a slam from the BBC. <laughs> Claims to be able to bend spoons with his mind. I did it, the 75-year-old said, after the spoon appeared to snap in his hand as he was being injected in the other arm. Reuters reports. Everybody who is over 60 should get it immediately, in brackets, the vaccine. So Gala, who is Israeli-British, this is very, very important for the whole planet. Then it goes in to talk about the illusion. But there we go. Exciting times, eh? Yeah, it's just it's Yuri Geller looking deep into a spoon while he gets uh, while he gets the shot. Amazing. He does, look, he does look good for his age. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, it does look like Yuri Geller's checking himself out in a spoon. Um <laughs> We will send out, obviously, the Dion Dublin picture and the Yuri Geller one on our Instagram and Twitter feeds uh, so you can look at them. That actually reminds me, I've got a special world-exclusive piece of 90s o'clock news that I'm about to break right now. Michael, you know what to do. From the headquarters of ITN, News at 10... Chris Scull. One story tonight. Uri Geller predicts West Ham's season. What? Yes. Wow. Well, it's big. So firstly, thank you to my friend Paul Evans, who revealed to me recently, um, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but he's, he's vaguely aware of it. And when he when he saw me tweeting about Uri Geller, he said he, he texted me and said, Uri Geller texts me all the time. I was like, how, how do I not know this? He, so Paul worked on a, a television program with him years ago and they've stayed in touch. And Yuri Geller went to wish him a happy new year. And Paul said to me, is there anything you want me to ask Yuri Geller? So I said, oh ask Yuri God. to predict West Ham season. So, Mate, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You've, blown, you've blown that question. Fucking <laughs> hell. That is like, that is one of the worst okay. ball drops I've ever heard. Yeah, that's... Oh, what would on, you mate. ask him? Who gives a shit about West Ham season? <laughs> Who killed JFK? <laughs> well, look. What's going to happen with Donald Trump? <laughs> like West Ham season is fine. It's not even a season that matters. You're going neither way. But I, do, do you know what? Maybe, maybe this is just the first... Look, we've got the, the channels are open now yeah. for okay. a, a discussion of Yuri Geller. So yeah. look, this is just the first... Tell gamble. us everything about that day you went to Exeter with Michael Jackson. <laughs> You don't want to open with that. You don't want to you know, put no, him off. Okay. So yeah. anyway, Yuri Geller, he's asked, what's your prediction for West Ham this season? His reply, good place. So there we go. <laughs> That's our first. <laughs> that is the first Yuri Geller exclusive we've got on this podcast. And I'm sure it's the, the first of many. I can't wait to build the, uh, the Ask Yuri feature jingle. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's the first Ask Yuri. If you've got a question you'd like us to ask Yuri, hello at quicklykevin.com and Josh Michael, you have a think because I've got now. Tweet uh, us instead. Tweet us instead. Yeah, tweet us instead. But I, us. there's strings I can pull to ask Yuri Geller questions. Okay, great. We'll, we'll do it on the forum as well, the Patreon forum. We'll have a string. What do you want to ask Yuri? Okay, we, we're quite into obscure made up rules, haven't we, been this series? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, hi guys. Love listening. This is Rob Carter. Love listening to your memories of obscure football rules. And it triggered a memory from long ago regarding a rule I believed was true for a long time, but turned out to be bullshit. Whether I was told it as a joke or it was an invention in my tiny mind, the rule went as followed. You know when a player scores and another player then runs in and smashes the ball into the net 
for the second time for effect or to look cool. I was convinced that is what aggregate meant. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't even get my head around that. So you know when someone scores? Yeah. And then the like another player who's celebrating will run and pass and boot the ball into the net again. Yeah. This person thought that when you saw an aggregate score, so that includes the second. That goals. was what aggregate was. Was the second goal <laughs> that had been smashed into the net? I'd love to know yeah. the sort of genesis of that. The perfect storm of things that would have to happen. Like, obviously, it's a two-legged game that he would have been watching. Someone yeah. scored. Another player was running and kicked it. And at that moment, the commentator has gone, well, that's them 2-1 up oh, yeah. on aggregate. <laughs> <laughs> and him thinking, well, why don't the other players keep kicking in as well then? Well, this is what he said. Obviously, this only applied to two-legged cup ties. It was only when someone explained it to me a few years later what aggregate meant, the total goal scored across two ties by each team, that I fully understood. For quite a while, I had been wondering why players didn't run in after a goal and smash the ball in again. <laughs> I'm sure your other listeners have also heard made-up rules that they believe to be true. If so, I'd love to hear them. Thank you for doing our job. Regards, Rob Carter, 47. That is great, isn't it? Lovely. So good. <laughs> uh, do you want another misunderstanding? Yes. Yes. This is from Paul Dunn. Uh, I now live in Melbourne. However, back in the 90s, I bumped into several 90s footballers while out and about in London. Edgar Davids, Paul Davis, the late great David Rowcastle, to name but a few. But the best and funniest one was when I met Shaka Hislop in Bond Street. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again. I don't know why that's so said. funny. I know, it's funny though, isn't it? I'd been at White Hart Lane on the Saturday, saw him keep a clean sheet as Genoa scored the only goal in a 1-0 defeat for Spurs. A couple of days later, I saw Shaka stood outside a shop on Bond Street. I was with my wife and went straight up to him and shook his hand. I told him I saw him the previous weekend and he was brilliant. I also mentioned I'd seen him a few times at Reading previously. We shook hands again and off I went with my merry way. My missus at the time looked at me all confused and said, You sure that was him? <laughs> I replied, Yeah, of course it's him. I recognise him anywhere. And she said, That's Shaka. From Shakadima and Pliers. <laughs> <laughs> she actually thought it was a bloke that's hung girl. I want to make you sweat. Not the Newcastle goalkeeper. That is from Paul Dunn. I love, I saw you last weekend and you were great. And I saw you a few times in Reading. I like to think that she also, uh, she met Mike Hooper once. And she's like, that's the guy from Mike and the Mechanics. <laughs> That's a great, great email. Also, I don't know why Shaka Hislop on Bond Street is so funny as a concept. Yeah. <laughs> I can't put um, a finger on it. So, it's like a TV show that Partridge would <laughs> yeah, pitch, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> now, we're tying up a lot of things we've talked about in this series. I think we've shown that, in many ways, to continue the Donald Trump theme, there's been a lot of... Germany stole the semi-final of the 1990 World Cup. There was the offside goal. There was um, there was other things we couldn't remember. There's been a few things people have pointed out. However, Neil Patterson emails with, subject, Italian 90 semi-final, German kit violation. Oh, yes. During lockdown, I watched England v Germany 1990 semi-final on TV and noticed with the help of massive HDTV that I didn't have access to in 1990, that Germany won playing in shorts with pockets on the arse. I mean, is that, is that against the rules? 
These are not like any football shorts I've ever played in, and so therefore I assume they must be illegal. <laughs> and that Germany should have been disqualified, and England sent straight through to the final. What with this and Platt's goal, Bobby Robson was robbed. Do you want to see the picture? Oh, yes, yeah. please. The, the word assume is doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, it'd be good to get... We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll tweet this picture out again, and we'd be good to get an expert's view. But there you can see. Oh, yeah. It's Lothar Mateus there. What's, what's, why have they got a pocket on the back? Uh, Neil Patterson has suggested lip balm condoms or with typical German efficiency, somewhere to keep their winners' medals, which uh, <laughs> I do buy into. Wow, that's mad, isn't it? It is mad, isn't so it? There's a pocket over the right butt cheek. There is another pocket. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? But there we go. If you have anything on any of these topics, this is how to get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Now, we will be working through uh, more of your correspondence in a correspondence special or two over the uh, the mid-season break. Uh, we're back with our normal series in March on uh, uh, all the normal podcast outlets, but we will be doing some correspondence specials among our weekly shows on Patreon that will be going on throughout the break. If you want to get involved with all that weekly episodes, plus all the back catalogue of Steve Barnes episodes and loads of other special stuff too, head on over to patreon.com forward slash quicklykevin. We'll be doing various Patreon episodes, um, including uh, we'll do more correspondence specials, but more excitingly, we've got some film clubs coming up. We'll have guests. Film clubs. What film will we be doing first, Michael? Uh, next up on the QK Film Club is the, and I use the term loosely, classic World War II football film starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, and a lot of Ipswich players, Escape to Victory. We will be watching Escape to Victory for the Quitly Kevin Film Club. Uh, also, uh, Matt Ford did say to us, didn't he, um, when he did our Zoom show, he said, if ever you need me to just do an episode for Patreon, I'm happy to do it. So we'll probably call on him at some point. I suppose that's about it. Uh, we will see you in March when we're back with a full new series. Uh, anything else to say, guys? Robbie Slater, see you later. Go, let Hit Lez! Hit Lez over the top! This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.